This episode has been brought to you by Made With Rage. Made With Rage is a black British-owned Etsy store selling Harry Potter and Star Wars face masks, perfect for this current times, swimwear, bags, and loads more. All products have been handmade with love and care, and bespoke requests are welcome. To find out more, click on the link in the description, or visit etsy.com slash madewithrage0. You said you'd come. Lawrence, hope Hello, hello everybody. Welcome to episode number 79 of the Wulong Talks podcast. My name is Jason. I'm the host of the show, as you know by now. And I'm joined by my partner in crime, the wrestling kid, aka Rich Kid, aka Rich Reviews, aka, I don't know, Darkstorm. Yeah, Darkstorm seems like it's relevant. Darkstorm. <laughs> that's, that's a new one. I like that. I do like that. <laughs> well, we're going to chat about Darkstorm in a bit anyway. But yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, what's happening, man? Listen, dude, it's good to have you back, bro. It's been a little while, man. Yeah, it's so, been a uh, long yeah, time. Been hold- yeah, yeah, been holding a fort down for you. Had a couple of guest stars to fill in for you, and as much as I do love them, boy, it's nothing just like hearing your voice, man. You know, mm. like, you're like you're like the Watson to my Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you had to get the Sherlock reference in there somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, man. But yeah, it's good to be back, brother. It's, it's definitely good to be back. Um, you know, it has been a while, listeners, that uh, since Rich and I have been able to get together and record. And um, as you know, if you follow us on social media, you know, we've we've been very busy um, just with like work and life and stuff. Um, so, you know, there's been a lot on both of our plates, but um, we are back and we are planning on getting the ball rolling with the podcast again and having some exciting guests coming up and, and things like that as well. We're going to be making a few guest appearances too. So um, we'll let you know a bit more about that later on down the road. But yeah, as I said, it's good to be back. And at the time of recording, um, it looks like Donald Trump has lost the US presidency and Joe Biden is the new president. So to celebrate... I am having a Copperberg passion fruit cider because, um, yeah, I like cider. So yeah, because that, that's, <laughs> that's that. as American as it gets. Exactly. Right? <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> yeah, I mean, this would have worked a lot better if I had a Budweiser or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I don't yeah. unfortunately. Well, so, well, you know what? Like, I mean, saying that Biden won. I mean, I mean, I'm not sure if anybody's actually noticed this, but Biden generally looks like old man Rogers. Because mm. when, Cap- yeah, when Captain America comes back at the end of Avengers Endgame and he's sitting on that little bench and he turns around and he looks at and he looks at Sam Wilson, aka the Falcon, aka Barack Obama. Yeah, you're just like, hold on. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is just our imitating life. <laughs> mm, mm, big time. Yeah. I mean, when you said that in our little WhatsApp group, I was I was just laughing because I was like, that's so accurate. So yeah, spot man. on. It looks man. Like him. Yeah, man. Yeah, so, but crazy. yeah, yeah, but congrats, yeah, congrats with, to any of our US fans out there. Um, anybody who you know who voted for for Biden, well, well done, congratulations. 
um, we've been following with a I'm trying to think of a word. We've been following. Yeah, we've been <laughs> following intently. And um, and we're glad, well, for, for us, not, to, not, not that we're political, but we're glad that you, for us, you made the right decision. Mm. Um, if, you, if, you know, if you did vote for Biden and, you know, and obviously Biden did win. So, um, yeah, man, it, it was good to see um, a country rally together and do the right thing, which is something that uh, we weren't able to do twice in a row. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly like britain needs to wake the fuck up man because yeah, yeah we're we're sleepwalking into exactly the same position that you were in um so yeah we need to pull our fingers out and, and do something about that but you know you're right this is a, a time for celebration um and it's a time to to kind of you know finally put behind us the crazy crazy times of of the past four years um you know trump was somebody who and i'm sorry if you're listening to this and you're a trump supporter you may want to like switch off now but trump was was just wholly wholly unfit for that office um completely unfit for it uh, and he proved it over and over again with his countless lies and his slander and his festering of division and everything else that he did um you know, he he just wasn't. He, he's not somebody who can lead a nation. And mm. you know, it, it looks like this time around, you've made the right choice and pick somebody who at least has some experience of of if not leading a nation himself, then co-leading a nation. Um, and boy, does you know America need leadership right now? So I think you know, you guys have made the right choice, as Rich said. So yeah, we're celebrating with you. Oh, and by the way, if you hear any explosions behind me and things like that it's not that i live in a war zone it's just that uh it's bonfire weekend here in the uk which is traditionally a time when people like to get fireworks and set them off um and i've got the chaviest of chavy neighbors who insist on spending like hundreds of pounds on fireworks every fireworks night and setting them all off around this time so yeah, don't worry if you hear any explosions and stuff. It's just the neighbours doing what they do. Okay. But, um, and if you don't, sorry, and if you don't know what fireworks is, the best way to just well, the the best place to go and learn about fireworks is to go and watch a film or read a book called V for Vendetta by Alan Moore. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, this is just an, a shameless plug for one of our good friends, Emma Verbal Diorama. She's actually done a review of Viva Vendetta recently. Well, she did it a couple of days ago for um, for Guy Fawkes Night. So um, after listening to this, go jump over there and go listen to that as well. And then she'll, she'll give you like a little history lesson in regards to Guy Fawkes Night. Sorry, yeah. I had to throw that in there. <laughs> no, no, no. Good shout, man. Good shout. Big shout out to M from Verbal Diorama Podcast. Um, as Rich said, if you haven't checked it out, go and check it out, man. It's it's such a good podcast, and M is really good peoples. Um, and you know, she's good at what she does. Like she's really good at what she does. So uh, I can highly recommend uh, anything that that she does. So yeah, go and check out the Verbal Diorama Podcast as well. Um, you you're really going to enjoy that. But um, yeah, as I said, it's been a while since we've been around. Um, we've been busy doing various different things. Um, you know, life is, has been keeping us on our toes, but we're back. Um, and we have had the opportunity to kind of take some some stock and and I guess maybe just do some fun stuff like watch some movies and some TV shows. So we'll talk to you about those as well. Um, for those of you listening in England at the time of recording as well, we're also entering a second lockdown because of the ongoing uh, pandemic. 
So um, hopefully some of the things that we talk about tonight will, will give you some ideas for stuff to watch and stuff to do while we're all locked down in our homes once again. Um, Rich, how have you been? What you been up to? How you been coping with lockdown two, electric boogaloo, as is as everybody's calling it on the internet at the moment? Um, yeah, how you been finding it? Yeah, I've been all right, man. I mean, this one's not you know, hasn't been too bad. I mean, I think obviously, I mean, I'd rather it wasn't happening. That's number one. But number two, this is kind of just like the second time it's happened, where it's kind of it's just like we've been there, done it, you know. So it. You know everything that may that I may have been feeling, like you know, like the anxiety or the feeling of the cooped upness in the house and whatever cooped upness that like that's a new word. Um, the feeling of being cooped up in the house. I mean, it's not as bad as it was before, and I've um and I've kind of set myself like a few goals in you know just to just to keep me on the just, yeah just to keep me on the straight and narrow and to keep me focused as well. So one of them is basically for the first time in about oh in over twenty years. Um, anybody that listens to us know that, I, that I, I do quite a bit of physical training because I like it and for mental state and you know so on and so on um, and I usually do quite a bit of yoga and calisthenics but for the first time in 20 years I'm, uh, I'm trying to bulk up and put on a bit of weight so I'm trying to get to a uh, 64 kg which may seem light to some of you sons of bitches one that listening to us right now <laughs> but to me I'm a very very light guy like um, I'd be like a super feather flyweight if I was boxing so I'm trying to get to like a, you know, like a featherweight, if, if, if so be. So, yes, yeah, so I've just been doing that and I'm just doing a bit of reading. Still reading the comic books. Been reading Strange Adventures by Tom King, um, which is amazing. Uh, Tom King is an amazing writer. The last good thing that I saw him write, not really into his Batman, but he did an amazing run on, on Mr. Miracle, which I'm sure I spoke about about a year ago. And mm. if anybody hasn't read that, go and pick it up. And, um, and then I'm also reading X of Swords, which is the latest X-Men crossover event um, by Jonathan Hickman. And I have to put it out there. I, I mean, like the way how Jonathan Hickman has been rolling these past few years, I just, I think he, he deserves to be put in, into like the, the Hall of Fame for writing. I'm talking like being put up there with like Alan Moore, Frank Miller, Stan Lee. Um, I mean, I'd put Jason Aaron up in there as well. Brian Michael Bendis, but Hickman has been playing the long game in regards to the Marvel Universe for a good few years now. And it wouldn't surprise me if, let's say, 2021, 2022, if there's some form of restructuring in the Marvel comics landscape and then make him the main person to tr basically try and tie everything together because it seems to be heading that way. Him and Jason Aaron back-to-back, -back, yeah, they, they would cause some problems, man. I think they could single-handedly revitalize the comic book industry if they if they're given like free reign but i mean that's just my opinion oh, okay cool cool yeah this is something that we uh you have talked about on the podcast before so yeah it must be it must be good if you're bringing it up again yeah um, hell yeah <laughs> but i was gonna ask you what's the um tom king uh series about oh yeah so the tom king the tom king series is basically strange adventures um, which is a dc comic book which i mean which was published like years years ago and i'm talking like um, I think during the golden age. So I'm talking like the 1940s, 1950s. Um, and what Strange Adventures used to do is that it used to have a different character running throughout the book for X amount of issues or for like standalone issues where it would just tell a story. So I think the best way to describe it would be, do you remember Marvel? I think it was Marvel 2-in-1 that, that they used to print. This is mm. years ago. Yeah, yeah. And what they would that. do, they would, yeah, they'd get like a, a really popular character 
put them in the front of the comic book. So it might be, say, like, you know, Captain America, and he'd have his standalone story, or maybe a story that goes on for quite a few issues. And then for the last, let's say, 10 pages, get, they'd get like a C-list or D-list character and, you know, have a little story with them and basically just be a thing of like, you know, just trying to give them more exposure. Or if anything, it'd be like Marvel 2-in-1, they'd just make it one standalone issue and they'd put the C, the A-list character with the D-list character and they'd, they'd have to form, like, you know, fight some form of like villain. And once again, like I said, they'd be piggyback, piggyback tailing or riding a coattails of like the main character. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, so Strange Adventures um, is basically the DC version of that and the original version of that. Um, but Tom King is using this Strange Adventures comic book run to revitalize a character which I've always known about, but I've never really delved into and I've only seen him here and there. And it's Adam Strange. Um, and anybody who knows Adam Strange or doesn't know Adam Strange, I think the best way to describe him would be like, He's the DC version of Flash Gordon, Stroke, uh, John Carter, as in like John Carter from Mars, um, Stroke, Peter Quill, Star Lord. Mm. He's just like that that normal that normal average guy who just goes on these you know amazing scientific, outlandish science fiction, but could be science fact adventures where he travels to places like Mars and so forth. Although he, the main planet that he does reside on or that he does protect. There's a planet called Run, and um, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go into I'm gonna start geeking out because I'm gonna start talking about the Run, then Guardian War, and all that stuff. But basically, Tom King, right now, what he's able to do is that he's really able to delve into the essence of each character and construct stories around them and take them out of their comfort zone. Um, and the best way to describe it, if nobody doesn't, if nobody understands what I mean, is that he's doing what he did with Mr. Miracle and um, Adam Strange. He's doing basically the same thing in that, um, who's the guy that wrote Hawkeye, um, Jason? My, the, my favorite Matt Hawkeye, Fraction? Matt Fraction. Yeah, he's basically doing what, what Matt Fraction is really good at doing. He's right. able to take characters that nobody cares about. And so there's not that many laws and, you know, and rules and constraints surrounding it. And he's able to con- make a really, really good storyline and take that character and put them in the middle of it. And he's and he's done it with so like I said so far he's done it with um he's done it with Mr Miracle, he's doing it with Adam Strange right now, and I mean depending who you talk to, I mean like apparently his run on Batman was meant to be really good. I'm waiting for his Batman and Catwoman comic book to um comic book run to start um next year, then I'll I'll be able to comment a bit more, but um but he's really good at what he does, man, really mm. really good. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that sounds like a, a recommendation right there. So um, yeah, if you are struggling for something to read, then uh, maybe go and check out that book um, that Rich just recommended there because it, it does sound interesting. And um, I'm always fascinated when uh, there's kind of like modern interpretations of golden age uh, characters and, and golden age comic book titles, because uh, it's always interesting to see like kind of how the the, the modern writer interprets um, you know, the characters and the settings and the themes mm. of, of like the past and, and how they choose to deal with it. So, um, yeah, I think that that's something that would definitely be worth a, a read, I think. So, yeah, sounds all good, man. Um, aside from the comic books, anything else you've been uh, catching up on um, kind of gaming wise or anything you've been gaming? Because like, uh, well, I'll talk to you about my gaming misadventures in a minute. But um, OK, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, gaming, yeah, anything I you've think- been doing? Dude, I'm I'm still playing near Automata. 
and the thing is, and it's not because I'm bad at the game, because if, like I said, anybody that's been listening to us, I mean, I've been playing this game for over a year. It's one of those things where it's like, I'm treating it like a fine wine. I'm taking my time with it, man. Like, it's, I'm, I think there's four, there's four endings, four main endings that you can have. And right now I'm on the third, I'm on the third playthrough. And, um, and I don't want it to end. So mm. literally, I just, I literally, I'm just taking my time with it, man. Um, Destiny 2, I've kind of taken a bit of a hiatus from that. But I know that the new campaign, um, well, the, the new big campaign starts on the 10th of this month. Yeah, so I was going to say, the, the, um, I saw the adverts. There's a new map pack coming out, isn't there? So, or something yeah, like man. So, yeah, yeah. I've, already spoke, I've already spoken to my brother about that. So, yeah. <laughs> so maybe next time we record, I might be talking some smoke about that game. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I've been doing that. And in, in regards to TV... Um, or to films, like I said, since this lockdown started, um, I've done the opposite of what a lot of people have done, which is what just binge watch a lot of stuff because I didn't want to waste my time and watch nonsense. Mm. And this has kind of been my manifesto, kind of been that for the past couple of years anyway. Um, but I've been blessed because the last few things that I've watched back to back have all been good, all been good. TV oh, shows, good. Uh, yeah, I was watching Kingdom from Kingdom, I went to Cobra Kai. And then from Cobra Kai, I went to a French sitcom drama written by a Russian, which is on Netflix, called Family Business, which is about a, f- a family which own a butcher shop. Um, and through and because of financial difficulties, decide to start selling weed. Um, but it, it's just it's just such a it's just such a well written show, man. So um so yeah yeah so I'm 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 really I'm really happy with what I've been watching. That's what I've been watching. I mean, like television or show-wise, and obviously The Mandalorian, which I'm still enjoying. Mm. Um, film-wise, I've kind of been slacking, to be honest. I don't think I've watched anything in a long time. In, yeah, I don't think I have, you know? Mm. Oh, Raised by Wolves. I watched Raised by Wolves by, by, um, by Ridley Scott. Um, which is on a, oh, which yeah, is on, that's right. right. That's right. I haven't even started it, to be honest. Um, what, what was your takeaway from it? Because I know um, a lot of people who were like... Are, are you know deep kind of sci-fi fans really love it yeah. but people who aren't are, are kind of a bit confused by it so like what was your kind of take on it well well, well this well this is the thing and and uh, i mean I've, we've had to, i've mentioned this before and i don't like to really bring up in this way because it, it makes me sound like i'm like i'm a snob or that i know better than other people but i mean jason you, you i mean i'm sure you'll understand this as well there's I would say like this, there's science fiction and then there's real science fiction. So the, the science fiction to the populace, um, which is things like Star Wars, um, maybe, I mean, you can even put things like Guardians of the Galaxy in there. I mean, they're amazing stories. This, you know, the space operas where you've got like, you know, the main character, you know, you know who, who's young and he, he has to basically mature throughout the story. The seasoned veteran, um, you know, partner, the wizard, the princess they need to find like that's what people consider science fiction now to me real science fiction is science fiction well basically the stories that were being told uh, that was given a message about things that you weren't really allowed to talk about during that period mm. or during or, or during a particular period that we might be going through now so um so yeah so something like um like raised by wolves i mean it's one of those things where it doesn't have the laser guns, it doesn't have the, you know, the space swords, it doesn't have the force, although there is some form of mention in regards to a, a higher being or a, a deity, it still feels very much grounded in reality. And it does, you know, touch upon topics such as like, you know, gender 
and and gender equality and and what what makes gender um it is it's just it's just a really really good science fiction show man i was really really happy with it my brother watched like you know i think he watched up to like episode three found it boring um and then gave up but me i I stuck with it man and i i really can't wait for season two and ridley scott really done well with this i mean he didn't direct the whole direct the whole show i think he did maybe two or three episodes Hmm. but um but yeah, but he but he's done well in, in bringing this to the screen, and um and looks wise, I think it may be one of the prettiest shows I've I've seen in a very very long time. It it just looks beautiful, man, mm, beautiful. Mm. Well, that's one thing with Ridney Scott; he's always been very good at kind of um making his his movies look you know fantastic, whatever movie yeah. is he 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 films. Uh, I don't know if that comes from his background in advertising or, or whatever, but um. Yeah, he just is is brilliant at, at kind of doing that. Even if I've had my issues with some of his later work, but um, yeah, he everything he he kind of does, at least visually, will, will always will always look amazing. So um, I'm not surprised to hear that at all. But yeah, Raised by Wolves is one I definitely do want to to make some time to to properly check out and um, and get into because it sounds like it's that kind of meaty sci-fi if you know what I mean it's it's the type of sci-fi with big ideas and 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 big themes that it wants to tackle which I think is is kind of what you were saying when you were making the distinction between say you know Guardians of the Galaxy and and something like this um and that's the kind of thing that you know that type of sci-fi I've I've always got time for you know always got time for that um, mm. that's why I, lo- I loved uh, Battlestar Galactica so much because it was um, you know it kind of was in some ways a marriage of the two it, it had the kind of populist kind of action and, and space battles and, and all of that kind of thing but it dealt with with big ideas and and big themes so yeah Raised by Wars is definitely one I'm, I'm going to check out as well man so um, yeah thanks for that and also listeners you should probably go check that out as well um, and let us know your thoughts too because uh, we'd love to hear from you so um yeah let us know what you think of uh raised by wolves whether you enjoyed it or whether you found it boring or, or whatever else um let us know um but yeah yeah that's cool man uh anything else uh no that's it i think um, well you know me already my mind's always all over the place so probably halfway through a sentence i'll probably just jump in and interrupt and be like yeah i did this as well well you wouldn't be you if you didn't do that (laughs) but no that's cool man um yeah very similar to you i've had little time to actually sit down and watch movies uh at all Uh, there is one movie that i did watch that i do want to recommend that everybody checks out while they're locked down um and that is called hashtag alive um which is a, a movie that's on netflix right now it's a korean movie um and it's a horror movie it's a zombie thriller slash sort of survival thriller i guess is the best way to describe it but um yeah it's really really good really good really tense in in the scenes where it needs to be really funny in the scenes where it needs to be um really well acted as well um basically i mean not to spoil too much of it but essentially it is um a young guy who uh, lives with his family in downtown Seoul. Um, his family go out for the day. So he's at home and he's like a, a gamer, a video game streamer. So that's kind of his thing. So he, you get the impression he doesn't really leave his room much and, and things like that. Um, anyway, uh, whilst his parents are out, there's this outbreak of uh, this contagion 
that starts to turn people violent and crazy, basically turn them into zombies. Um, and he's stuck at home trying to survive on the few skills that he has from the, you know, the from being a, a Gen Z kid. So, you know, he knows how to kind of stream video. He knows how to uh, use drones. He knows how to use the internet, things like that. So he tries to do that um, as much as he can uh, and tries to survive, uh, essentially. Um, and yeah, it's just, as I said, it's just brilliant. Um, and much like uh, the movie Host uh, by our friend Jed Shepard, uh, shout out to Jed. Um, yeah, he's a legend. But um, much like Host, it kind of taps into the idea of of kind of um, even though we're connected electronically, we're we're kind of alone, mm. um, and that's very relevant for this time period that we're in right now. Because, as said, with pandemics going on or a pandemic going on across the world and and different lockdowns being had and, and different things like that it makes you realize how easily you can feel alone um, in this kind of environment. And that brings with it a certain amount of paranoia and a certain amount of fear of the outside world. And Alive really taps into that beautifully. Uh, it really, really does. It makes you, the, the viewer, kind of feel a lot of the emotions that uh, the lead character is going through as he's trying to survive with you know very little basic skills. And it also watching it made me think, bloody hell, I need to like do some some kind of survival training, <laughs> like whether it's, <laughs> whether it's first aid or, you know, like some some basic stuff, learning how to start fire without, you know, fuel and things like that. Like all of that kind of stuff, because, yeah, we're, I'm far too reliant on technology. And if anything goes wrong, then, yeah, I'm, I'm not surviving long. Like, you know what I mean? There's a certain part in the film where the character kind of runs out of ramen noodles and he's like, you don't know how to cook. So there's like food there, <laughs> but you don't know how to cook. So he's just like, well, what do I do with all this stuff? So he just starts eating things raw. <laughs> like, and it's just mad. So, um, yeah, Alive is definitely uh, worth a check out. So I would say to everybody, go check that out. It's available on Netflix now. Um, it's called Hashtag Alive. Um, and yeah, it's one of the better films that I've seen this year. So definitely go and give that a check out. Uh, aside from that, I've done a little bit of gaming. I've been trying to play um, Lego Marvel Super Heroes. And I am just struggling with this game. Like, I don't know if it's because I haven't played games in so long or if I'm just rubbish at games now. <laughs> like, and this is just how it is. <laughs> But I've struggled, totally struggled. And um, the embarrassing thing is we had, uh, <laughs> before the lockdown and stuff came in, we had somebody uh, come around with a, a younger child, a family friend, and the younger child wanted to play the game. So I was like, yeah, sure, cool, no problem, put it on for him. Left the room, come back about an hour, and this kid has gone way past where I was, way past. I was like, wait, how did you do that? He's like, I don't know, just press the buttons, isn't it? <laughs> it's just like what like do you know how long I've been struggling with this how dare you come to my house and make me look like an idiot in front of my family what's wrong with you but um you yeah you was, I, I really wanted to I should have given him a little it, rabbit bro. little yeah, rabbit yeah, punch yeah. right in the ear isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah I, I, I've, I've struggled with it so I was like you know what? out of sheer embarrassment I'm not even gonna play it um so yeah, I haven't played much of, other than that, really. 
that that's mostly been the thing but uh, aside from that I've generally been trying to kind of watch things that are quite light and don't require a lot of concentration um, just purely because like work is busy home life is busy and I just don't really want things that I could I have to focus on too heavily in order to enjoy so um, that's meant a lot of kind of anime watching so I've been continuing with Dr Stone which I kind of drift in and out of it's starting to get interesting again now um, but I kind of drift in and out of it like there's periods where it's quite slow and, and it isn't that interesting and then it starts to pick up again and I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. Like, let me stick with it. And then I hit another speed bump. But um, yeah, that's been quite slow. Um, I've also finished mob psycho 100 as well, uh, yeah. which is absolutely brilliant. And I can't recommend that highly enough for you listeners. Um, you know, if you like your anime with, that's quirky and with a, a sense of humor, but also again, like the kind of sci-fi we like has big ideas and, and, and big themes that it tries to tackle and to take on. Then uh, Mob Psycho 100 is definitely um, the, the one to be checking out. It's, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, I've watched Beastars finally as well. Um, again, another one which is, um, which is full of big ideas um, and tackles some really adult themes as well. Like I was like, wow, okay, this, this is kind of deep. <laughs> but um, Beastars is, is really good. Really, really good. It, it's kind of the best way I can describe it is it's like the Disney film Zootopia, but an adult version. Mm. So essentially there's no people. It's, it's all like, you know, these, I'm, I'm for, can't even say the bloody word now. I'm for, for morphic. Yes, anthropomorphic. Oh, yeah, anthropomorphic. Yeah, animal people. Yeah, yeah. Animal people. Let's stick with that. That's that's easier. Animal people. So, um, yeah, it's a bunch of a society made up of like kind of animal people, um, and then you have uh, like the predators, and then you have the um, herbivores, and and, and so on. Um, and there's kind of like a societal a societal structure uh, based on 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 that. Um, natural kind of understanding um, the herbivores do a kind of a, a kind of generally kind of middle rung um, and it's the predators who are kind of seen as as the more um, the more successful and, and the more aggressive um, although they kind of have this pack that they're not going to um, you know the predators are never going to hunt the uh, herbivores so um, you know as a society they agree not to do that so the the predators will usually kind of especially if they achieve positions of power they um will like file down their fangs and, and clip their claws and, and things like that as a sign of kind of solidarity um but someone is is going around murdering herbivores um and at the top and while that's happening uh there's a, a young wolf at, at school who's kind of reaching puberty and as he's reaching puberty he's starting to kind of get um get these kind of urges to to want to hunt herbivores um and one in particular who he uh ends up trying to attack uh, a small uh, female rabbit but yeah. she um <clears throat> she kind of diffuses the situation and then he kind of had, starts to have these confusing feelings for her he starts to have sexual feelings towards her um she's quite um sexually mature and liberated so she's a lot more used to kind of dealing with with that type of a situation and um it starts off this kind of strange relationship between the two of them basically where they're both trying to figure out what the other one wants from the relationship and 
Um, as said, there's this hunter who's going around uh, killing all of the herbivores as well. So they're trying to solve that murder at the same time. And um, it's really quite interesting. It, it, it is quite interesting. It's, as I said, there's a lot of kind of big ideas floating around in it um, about kind of society and equality within society and what equality really means. And, um, you know, whether we as, as, as beings should be able to control our baser instincts or whether we should just give in to them and, you know, different kinds of things like that. So, so yeah, it's quite good. And it's very well animated as well. Um, really beautifully animated, actually. I, I really, really like the animation style on this one. So, okay. um, so yeah, Beastars is definitely one I would say uh, go and check out. Um, what else did I do? Oh, yeah. And I've been falling into YouTube black holes and recently because I've had a desire for some reason to relive my childhood. Uh, so I've been watching a lot of my old kind of favorite childhood uh, anime tv shows and cartoons and things like that and um yeah some of them hold up very well some of them don't <laughs> but um i've been watching uh ulysses 31 uh which has actually been pretty good i would say um the animation is a little bit dated but it's still quite stylish in its presentation because it's based a lot on on the japanese manga style in fact i mm. think they may have even had like um some Japanese animators actually come in and they, work they on did, the series. They yeah. did, they did, yeah, they did. Mm. So, um, so that means that it kind of, you know, it, it does have a certain polish and a certain pizzazz to it that's that puts it above some of the the average um, shows that came out at that time. And I like the story, obviously, because it's based on on the Odyssey and um, you know and, and the ancient Greek mythology. So, so that's been fun to kind of catch up with. Um, I watched Jason the World Warriors as well. Um, I used to love that show when I was a kid, not so much now because I watched it and I was like, Jesus, this is bad. <laughs> like this really like, I know this is kids TV and I know it's designed purely to sell toys, but my goodness, like you really wrote this show with a view to just sell toys, didn't you? Um, so yeah, that's not kind of gone down as well. Uh, and Visionaries. Yeah, I've been watching um, Visionaries and um, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Like the animation that holds up like it, the, the animation holds up pretty well but again you can see it's kind of and I know this is you know this is going to come across as a naive statement but you know you can clearly see these a lot of these things weren't necessarily passion projects for the people who were involved in it um mm. you know they clearly were just trying to sell toys <laughs> like it's like yeah sell toys sell us toys you know <laughs> um so with the the kind of characters you get in in, in visionaries uh, apart from the main sort of characters everybody else around it is pretty much throwaway and you know it, it, the story's got like boring by the time i got to episode four and i was just like okay i've had enough of this um but yeah yeah that that's been me really i've been kind of um perusing through that but but one thing i did want to ask you actually because it, it, it got me kind of thinking about like childhood and all of these kind of things um was there ever like a, a toy that you had that was like your favorite toy as a kid that was based on say like a, a cartoon series that you loved or, or, or something like that? Um, was there anything that you kind of pestered your parents into to getting you as a, as a kid? Yeah, Optimus Prime. Ah, Optimus. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah, Optimus Prime. Now, listen, like I think I think I fall into that category of a generation 
of kids. I'm not going to say boys because they, um, they were girls, that, like my cousins, my girl cousins, like Transformers as well, right? But it was a, I found that generation that Transformers was an integral part of our life. Um, well, definitely an integral part of my life. I think even more than Star Wars at that point, like take into account, like by the time Return of the Jedi had come out, which was the last Star Wars at that point, um, I was what, five? Hmm. So I'd, so yeah, so I missed a lot of it. Even though I have memories of Star Wars, of it being on TV and such, I missed a lot of it. Whereas like with Transformers, it was there. You know, and like you said, then, then the whole thing of like, you know, the toy matches the cartoon. You know, you know, I mean, even though when you go back and you watch the animation now, it's kind of mad. Physics is the people who did the physics for Transformers are clearly the same people that did the physics for the Fast and Furious films. It just doesn't correlate, right? But yeah. um, but yeah, but I remember like pressing my mum for, for for ages for for Optimus Prime, and I remember the day when I watched Transformers the movie, and. Optimus Prime, that's at the end, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, the film's over 25 years old, that's your problem. Um, Optimus Prime dies, not, not even at the end, he dies like, you know, 15 or 20 minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. And I kept on thinking to myself, this guy's going to come back to life because it's Optimus Prime. Like, the good guys don't die, especially Optimus Prime. And at the end of the film, when he doesn't come back, that night when I went to sleep, I went to bed with my Transformers annual, yeah, which I got from my school, my primary school book club, and my um, Optimus Prime toy. That's the toy. That <laughs> saw me through my childhood, man. <laughs> that protected <laughs> me in the nighttime from, from portergeists. <laughs> yeah, from everything, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah, I mean, Transformers for me, well, as you know, that's like my my love. I still love it to this day, especially mm. the G1 Transformers. I just... Oh yeah, that that just kind of the inner kid in me just starts screaming as soon as um anything like Transformers G one related is is put into my peripheral vision. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I can totally understand that. But that was such a blatant cash grab that killing oh, yeah, Optimus easy. Prime. Like my easy. goodness, like it, it, I, I think they literally. I remember reading an article about the making of Transformers the movie, and I think. Yeah. Even one of the, the script writers just openly said, yeah, you know, we got commissioned by Hasbro to write this script because yeah. basically they had all these new toys they wanted to bring in. And they yeah. um, so they were said, yeah, just kill off like a bunch of the characters. That's why that opening like 15 minutes is like, I don't know, it's like saving Private yeah. Ryan. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. People it's are just getting mucked. These characters that you grew to know and love over a year, two years, three years in some cases just got wiped out inside of 15 minutes. And you're like, what what the fuck is going on? You know, <laughs> I remember being in the cinema and and just being distraught when like Ratchet got <laughs> killed and and Ironhide got shot in the back and, and Braun just got blown out. Like Braun was one of the toughest characters they had. And he yeah. just he just got murked with one shot. And I was just like, what what is going on? I remember literally turning to my mum and going, What's going on? And my mum was like, shut up and watch the film. Because <laughs> she was pissed Listen, to be there already. Bro, but you want to know something. The first 15 minutes of Transformers, the movie, the animated movie, no, no, Michael Bay nonsense. So, audience, I'm talking to you. If you're a certain age and you think we're talking about the Michael Bay movies, sit down and pay attention. We're talking about the animated movie. <laughs> From 1980 something. I don't remember what nine. I don't remember what 80 number it was, but it was 1980 something. But this first 15 minutes that me and Jason are talking about, if you if you don't, the best way to describe it, 
the first 15 minutes is the equivalent of walking in your parents having sex. That's it, bro. <laughs> Traumatizing. Scarred, scarred yeah. for life. Yeah. Scarred for life. You can't forget scarred that for shit. No, it's true. It's true that that is um yeah that was brutal. That was brutal, and then and then Optimus Prime got killed, and it was just like, oh, like where's this movie gonna end, man? Like what's going on, you know? So um yeah, I could totally understand that with the Optimus Prime. I was never lucky enough to get any Transformers toys because I think they were quite expensive at, at the time. So um yeah, I never really got any. I got loads of books, loads of books. I got um the VHS tapes as well. My mum used to mm. buy me the VHS tapes. So. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I watched those religiously. Um, but yeah, I never, I never got any Transformers toys. Um, for me, the, the toy was, was He-Man toys. He-Man okay, toys, yeah. I was just like obsessed with. I was like, oh my God, these are the, the greatest toys that, that anybody has ever made ever. Cause I was super into He-Man for like three years, I want to say. Mm. Um, and you know, back in the day, they, we used to go to British home stores to do uh, our shopping on the Saturday. So my mum would yeah. go like every Saturday and they had a brilliant toy section in there. Um, British home stores, by the way, listeners, you, you, those of you of a certain age are, are just not going to know what the hell we're talking about because they're long, <laughs> long, long gone from, from British stores. <laughs> yeah, British home stores shut down a long time ago. But, um, you know, once upon a time, they were one of kind of like the staples of, of the British high street. Um, but yeah, the toy section was really good and they used to have like a dedicated He-Man section and literally I would go in and like, I'd go in with my mum, my mum would just drop me off at the He-Man section and I'd stay there for like 20, 30 minutes, just picking up each of the individual action figures, reading the back to see the, the stats and to see if they've got the story right from what I've been watching in the cartoon and then put that one back and then pick up another one and have a look at it and be like, oh my God, this is so amazing. So He-Man was my thing. So my mum used to um, buy me, like she bought me uh, Prince Adam. She bought me He-Man. Um, she bought me Manny uh, Faces. Oh yeah. Um, she bought me Beast Man and Skeletor. Yeah. Jeez, you're bringing, so, you're bringing back memories. Man. Yeah, yeah. She brought me like the whole like bunch of them. Um, oh, and I got Battle Cat as well. Yeah, I oh, got a Battle shit, Cat. Yeah, right. Listen, yeah. Hold on. You got all of those, and you got Battle Cat. You're, yeah. you're lying. Your mum had money, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Your mum had money. I, I think she was holding out on me, to be honest, bro. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I think she was holding out on us, but. Um, yeah, I remember I really wanted Castle Grayskull um, for my seventh birthday, but it, it was like super expensive, the, the Castle yeah, Grayskull. That, yeah, that was mad money. So I was pestering my mom, mom, I want Castle Grayskull, mom, I want Castle Grayskull, mom, I want Castle Grayskull. She'd be like, for God's sake, just leave me alone, child, leave me alone. Um, but yeah, she got it for my seventh birthday. Um, so I had a birthday party with like a couple of my friends from primary school around and um, you know, they brought in the her and my my big sister brought in the um, the package for me. We're like, here, this is for you. So I opened it up, and I was like, oh my god, it's Castle Grayskull. And then I looked at the box, and I realized, like, my heart sunk because I realized it was a fake copy of Castle oh. Grayskull. It wasn't the real deal. It was, um, you know, those ones that you used to get from like. Um, when you used to go like to the the high, the, not the high streets, so to speak, but like the corner shops and things like that. And they'd have yeah, yeah. 
yeah they'd have like kind of these like bastard versions of <laughs> of the, the the main like kind of tv show characters that you wanted to get for action figures yeah. and stuff uh, yeah. it was one of those and it i think it was called castle silver skull or something like that oh, Libby's. <laughs> and it looked like castle gray skull but it weren't castle gray skull man as, as soon as i looked at it i was like nah this this ain't the real deal and i remember like just opening it and thinking oh my god my friends are gonna think i'm an idiot <laughs> <laughs> like, there I am on my big seventh birthday getting a fake Castle Grey skull for my birthday, but but I thank my mum for it anyway because I wasn't um I wasn't an ungrateful kid, but um yeah I always remember like that Castle Grey skull was like man I I play with it every day every day mm. I played with it, but there was every time I played with it there was always a little piece of me that knew it wasn't real <laughs> so I could, so my heart <laughs> wasn't really in it. Yeah, <laughs> my heart just wasn't really in it. Not, not really. You know, <laughs> like it, it was lackluster. But um, yeah, that Castle Grayskull toy kind of always sticks in my head. Always, always sticks in my head. And um, the other toy that I always think of was um, from the Real Ghostbusters. So you remember the um, the Real oh, Ghostbusters yeah, yeah, animated yeah. show? I had. Yeah, I was in that for a little. I was in that for a little, for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I got, um, this was another thing that I badgered my parents about, but I got um, Ray um, from the Real Ghostbusters and yeah. uh, with his proton pack, when you put it on the action figure, there was like a kind of plastic bit that came out of um, uh, the, um, I've forgotten what it's called now, but the, the bit that they hold. Um, yeah, the proton blaster. Was yeah, the proton, proton blaster, blaster yeah. yeah. Um, there was a bit of plastic that comes out of it and you could um, you could bend it. So, yeah. and because the, each character came with a ghost, you could bend it so that it looked like the proton beam was being wrapped around the ghost and stuff. Mm. Let me tell you, that lasted five minutes with me, brother, and then it snapped. <laughs> and I was vexed. I was like, it's broken, it's broken. I can't, like, I can't bust the ghost. I can't bust the ghost. So my big sister got tired of it and was like, look, let me just get this thing and, and fix it. So she got the, um, the proton blaster and she put mm. like a, a like a you, you remember pipe cleaners? Yeah, those yeah, little yeah. kind of furry, those, those kind of furry bendy metal sticks. She put one of them in it, innit? <laughs> I was <laughs> I was appalled, bro. I was absolutely appalled. I was like, no, 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 I'm not having that. She's like, what? It's the same thing. It does the same thing. I was like, it's not the same thing. It doesn't do the same thing, like, bro. Cheap, like, the same thing. The cheap, <laughs> bro. <laughs> bro, I was vexed with my sister for ages ages <laughs> she's like well fine don't ask me to fix anything else then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was vexed with her for so long but yeah ray was another one i used to take it ray to school everything and we weren't allowed toys in school listen i broke that rule blatantly i was like listen <laughs> everybody in this school needs to know that i got a ray <laughs> <laughs> so yeah man oh, that, that, those were the toys for me man those are the ones but um yeah i said like just just watching all of those old cartoons kind of took me down memory lane so i thought it'd be fun to share that experience with your listeners um we are running out of time but before we go rich um let's chat a little bit about the mandalorian because he did mention that earlier um and again it's something that i don't think we've had an opportunity to talk about properly um and i think to be honest we might need to do an episode on it in general but um yeah how have you been finding the the new season and, and how have you found the you know the show as a whole so far listen like you know what it is it just i think i think 
speaking about the Mandalorian just fits in this episode so well and like it just seems to be a trip down memory lane mm. like the Mandalorian touches the right beats of storytelling the same way how Stranger Things season one did Mm. It, it harkens back to like you like that word it harkens right <laughs> <laughs> it harkens back to a time when storytelling was simple but just because it's simple and basic doesn't mean that it's not getting the job done and I'm yeah. liking that with this like to me the Mandalorian is basically if anybody you know knows like the, you know the David Carradine tv show Kung Fu or the Incredible Hulk or you know, if if you want to go a bit, if you want to go a bit later, Quantum Leap. Every week is the same story, and I'm not even mad. It's like the Mandalorian needs to get to this place. We know he's not going to get to this place until the end of the season, but in between there, he's going to have all these stop-offs. And what's going to happen? He's going to stop off on this planet. He's going to meet a, a, a kid that's blind, or somebody with special needs, or a lady that's being hassled that by you know by the intergalactic mafia. And he just and it's just how he deals with those situations. And somewhere along those lines, he learned something about himself. And you get to see cute baby Yoda. I'm happy with this show. I cannot fault it. The first season, I had issues with it, but I think it's now found its stride. And I can't wait till every Friday for the you know you know for the, for a new episode to come out. Mm-hmm. And like right now, like I'm I'm already feeling the effects of like one of the next episode, man. I, I'm enjoying it, man. I'm really enjoying it. And it's the best thing that's come out from Star Wars, I'd probably say since since Rogue One. Mm. Yeah, easily. Easily. Yeah. The, the, Mandalor- yeah. the Mandalorians, as, 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 or, or, no, or the, Mandal- the, Mandal- the Mandalorians, or the Mandalorian, the character, or the character of Boba Fett, they are now, in my eyes, cooler than the Jedi's. Mm. I've always wanted to be a Jedi. I want yeah, I know. I was going to say like, that's yeah, a. Yeah. <laughs> I know, knowing Rich as well as I do, that's that's a big statement because he, he he loves the Jedi. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Jedi. I'm a Jedi through and through. My son's called Lucas Sky. He's named after Luke Skywalker, right? But like, I'm watching the Mandalorian, and I'm going like, yeah, you know what? Maybe it wouldn't be such a bad idea to be a bit of a badass as well and indestructible armor. You know, basically, yeah, like it's it's just it's just a good story, mm. and it's shown us a different side. Of the Star Wars universe, which I think is something which we've been lacking. Oh, big for, time! For, for big a very time. long time. Big for time. a very long time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I have to just echo everything you said. Really, I mean, like, um, you know, I for a long time have been saying that I want more of these kinds of stories. I want more intimate stories from the Star Wars universe. I'm, I'm kind of done with the the Skywalker saga at this point and I feel like yeah. okay I've seen enough heard enough that that's fine we can leave that there um but you know I wanted these these more kind of character driven Star Wars stories because there's just so much depth to that universe and there's so many opportunities for you to do that so um you know the Mandalorian has delivered on that big time for me I've I've really really enjoyed um the the whole series really have uh, I love all of the different influences and and how they play out um, you know, I love the fact, as, as you mentioned, that, you know, they're not in a hurry to necessarily get to, um, you know, these big combust- combustible plot points. They, they don't rush things. They take their time. And, and you know, you know, as, as you said, that, you know, the Mandalorian is basically on a mission and has got to do, you know, um, X, Y, Z to get to the, the place he wants to be at. 
but it's the journey that really is you know the 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 meat of the story it's it's mm. what kind of engages you with this character and with this universe um and I love that it, it kind of uses like it, it seems to be very inspired by like kind of Clint Eastwood's Man with No Name movies, the the kind of spaghetti yeah. westerns that he was in. Um, yeah. You know, it, it very much aesthetically feels like that, and I love those movies. So straight away when I saw, you know, from the first episode that they were kind of going down that road, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm already in, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But on top of that, you've got some great characters that have been added into the the, the story as well as it went along and. Um, and as you said, Baby Yoda is just adorable, isn't it? He's hooked everybody, man. Like mm. Jesus, mm. like we, you know, the the I bought um, Quincy a Baby Yoda T-shirt. Like you know, that's how <laughs> that kind of hooked on on Baby Yoda I am. So Disney, you know, they're smart, man. They they <laughs> they're not a multi-billion-dollar company for no reason. Like they they know how to market their stuff. Um, but yeah, as I said, we will definitely do. Like I I think I don't know whether we'll do um an episode by episode review or or maybe let a couple of episodes go past and then um have a chat about it then but yeah we we can definitely do like a a deep dive on the mandalorian so um yeah listeners we're we're definitely going to do that i think because the the series is is worth talking about in depth because it's just magnificent um you know and everybody seems to love it as well which is great so um Yeah, long may it continue. And Pedro Pascal is my guy, man. Like, I, I love that guy. Um, I loved him in Narcos and, and everything he's done ever since I saw him in Narcos. I love him. In. Mm. So, you know, he's he's brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I would say definitely um, if you haven't started watching The Mandalorian, um, lockdown is the perfect time to do it. So it's all available on Disney Plus. Um, so you can uh, I think they're still doing their free trial. So you should be able to sign up for um, a free trial and, and check out the, the kind of streaming app and, and um, get into all of that good Mandalorian stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have to wrap it up because we might be running out of time on the Zoom because we're cheap and we don't have like a, a full price uh, Zoom account. So, <laughs> so yeah, we're going yeah, to need to run this one up. Lawyer, know, that's a good point does. actually yeah yeah that's a good point i mean who does apart from businesses really i mean my work has one but they pay for it so is that's their business isn't it but um mm. yeah we we ain't paying <laughs> um so before we go i guess um just to say a few things to say uh, a big thank you to all of you who are still checking out our episodes thank you for being patient with us as said we are um we have been very busy lately but we haven't forgotten about you and we will be putting out more episodes in the very near future um big thank you to rob wade from emotionally 14 for the support as well um go check out emotionally 14 it's a network of uh, podcasts that have been curated by rob um there's some brilliant stuff on there especially uh, the star wars stuff is absolutely fantastic um so go and check some of that out there's talk star wars and tumbling saber as well which is is really really good so um check that out um also must give a shout out as well to uh all of the Britpot zine for their continued support and the pod and family crew thank you very much um and lastly a shout out to our sponsor as well of this show made with rage um, you probably would have heard the advert at the beginning of the episode. Um, but if you're somebody who's after kind of geek crafted stuff that's uh, made by a black woman independent business, um, you know, then then go and check out her store on Etsy, which is called Made With Rage. Um, 
you know, this is a time really, and I'm, I'm going to get on the political soapbox for 10 seconds. This is a time when we should be looking at spending less money with big corporations that have shown that they're quite comfortable with sacking people um, in order to save themselves some money and yet make big payoffs to shareholders. Um, yet little businesses are left to suffer the consequences in these pandemics. So, you know, support your local businesses, support your independent business. Um, and as I said, if you like kind of geek uh, goods that have been handmade uh, and crafted with love and care, then go and check out Made With Rage, uh, the Etsy store. Um, yeah, that's going to do it for me, man. So I'm going to say goodnight. Uh, Rich Kid, anything else you want to add? Um, well, I mean, in, in addition to your little rant, yeah, um, power to the people. And yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, power to the people. Yeah, All goodnight, power man. to the people. All power to the people. <laughs> That's right. I'm turning socialist people. There you go. We've we've probably lost another <laughs> set of Trump supporters now. Yes, we're coming out as socialist on this podcast. So <laughs> if you don't like that, well, psh, tough. Um, but yeah, otherwise that's it. So I shall say good night, Rich Kid. Say good night. Good night. And we will catch you again real real soon, everybody. Take care. Look after yourselves. Stay safe. Peace. Thanks for listening to us. If you're down with Wulong Talks, show some love by following us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Wulong Talks. You can also find us online at www.wulongtalks.com or drop us an email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. We can also be found as part of the BrickPod Scene Collective and we're also officially E14 endorsed. Search for those hashtags to enjoy more content from us and from other great British podcasters. 